0: Hi, wherever you're listening to me, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakali, and this is today's tech briefing.
1: In this program, so if I could understand at a geography level what is the affluence of uh, the neighborhood, if I from the rental data, if I could understand at a locality level what is the footfall from mobile data pings, if I could understand what is the commercial activity from nightlight intensity from satellites.
0: That's after these headlines. Apple will likely be the most affected with its lightning connector if a proposed rule in Europe to make the Type-C USB connector the one common standard is adopted as law. The European Commission, the executive branch of the European Union, yesterday said in a statement that it is putting forward legislation to establish a common charging solution for all relevant devices. With the proposal for a revised radio equipment directive, the charging port and fast charging technology will be harmonized. USB-C will become the standard port for all smartphones, tablets, cameras, headphones, portable speakers and handheld video game consoles. In addition, the Commission proposes to unbundle the sale of chargers for the, from the sale of electronic devices, the European Commission said in its statement. Uber is starting a pension plan for drivers on its network in the UK. The ride-hailing company was forced to guarantee its 70,000 UK drivers a minimum hourly wage, holiday pay and pensions in March this year after a landmark Supreme Court ruling over their employment status, The Guardian reports. Couriers for the group's Uber Eats food delivery service are not included in the deal. Uber said drivers on its network would now be auto-enrolled onto a scheme through which it, w- it would distribute 3% of earnings into a pension pool. Drivers can choose to contribute up to 5% of qualify earnings but will be able to opt out. Drivers will also receive back payments dating back to 1st May 2017 or the date of their first trip if they join more recently, according to The Guardian. Clubhouse, the audio chat-based networking app, has introduced Wave a feature that allows users to start private chat rooms within their own social circle. To send a wave, swipe right on the hallway or tap the dots icon at the bottom left of the screen. Then tap the wave button next to the person you'd like to chat with. They'll get a notification that you said hello and know that you're open to chatting. If they are too, they can join a private room with you, open just to the people you waved at, Clubhouse said in a blog post yesterday. Twitter has added Tipping with Bitcoin to its Tips feature. In addition to the services currently enabled through Tips, people can now tip with Bitcoin using Strike, a payments application built on the Bitcoin Lightning Network that allows people to send and receive Bitcoin. Strike offers instant and free payments globally, Twitter said in a post yesterday. Strike is available to people in El Salvador and the US, excluding Hawaii and New York. People in the eligible markets will have to sign up for a strike account and add their strike username to receive bitcoin tips over the lightning network. You can use any bitcoin lightning wallet to send tips to someone's strike account. Good data is gold. That is what Rajit Bhattacharya, Isaac Paul and Ankit Das at Data Sutram figured at their location-based data intelligence startup. They've capitalized on that idea to build a -a data-as-a-service platform and of customers ranging from banks to retail chains. I spoke to Rajit, who's the CEO, and Isaac, who's the CTO of the Kolkata startup, which has recently shifted based to Mumbai, to learn more about Data Sutram. Here's what they said. Okay, Uh, Rajit, uh, Isaac, uh, thank you for making time for this podcast. Welcome uh, to get us going. And for people who are not familiar with your work, maybe you could uh, start by telling us a little bit about uh, the journey that brought you to starting uh, Data Sutram. Uh, and then we'll go from there.
2: Sure. So uh, this journey started around uh, three years back when me, Ankit, Vaishak all three of us were uh, doing our engineering at Jadavpur University in Calcutta. Uh, we were part of a startup and we were working with multiple uh, companies as consultants, as interns during our college days, where, you know, back in college, there was this Harvard Business Review Uh, article that came out saying data science is the sexiest job of the 21st century. But when we actually get started to work on data science, what we realized is that analytics, machine learning was all being talked about, but the main problem was data. The quality accuracy of data available in the country, which could actually talk about how people are living, spending, behaving was not getting captured. And that's when, you know, we started looking at alternate sources, started working with external, um, you know, applications that collect information and started working on this product. And by the time we were in our final year of college, uh, we had built this product out and we wanted to really go ahead and give this a shot in the market because we saw the need, we saw that we've uh, managed to build something. And that gave us the courage, the, you know, excitement to go ahead and build this out. So I think that's how it started.
0: Okay. Um, explain the point that you made uh, when you say the problem was data itself. What did you find out, I you know, which gave you that idea?
2: So, sure. There's a saying, and when you are when you're working as a data scientist and you're work, building a AI or a ML model, there's a very famous saying saying "garbage in, garbage out." That's if you feed in information that's not right, then the insight you'll get at the end of the day is also not right. For example, if today you have to find out, you know, what's the footfall walking into your grocer uh, near nearby, or what is the spend happening in let's say retail or a fashion category in your locality when it comes to hyper local micro market data parameters which can capture how people live and spend that's not available to businesses or people in the country today uh, one of the reasons being that data as an approach in our country or in uh, you know uh, the post it bloom was pre- predominantly driven by surveys. you did a survey on a sampling of 100 or 1000 people and then whatever you got out of it you extrapolated it to represent what uh, millions of people think that's how exit polls are done in our country that's how tv rating ads are done in our country that's how uh, most of the decision making which are fundamental happen but what happens with that is statistical sampling often results in inaccuracy right and that's where uh, you know what we started doing is we started looking at applications that capture more you know more quantity of data when it came to for example your mobile device or for example the post terminal in the shop right that capture volumes and volumes of big data which can actually uh, tell at a you know at a huge scale how people are living
0: hmm. and uh, what was the idea uh, for your company i mean based on your uh, finding that better data could help you uh, you know I guess improve the insights that you could come out with. I uh, mean, when you explain it, it of course uh, feels obvious even to a layperson like me. Uh, but for, for your company, what was the idea behind your product?
1: So I think uh, when we st- we started working with a lot of these huge corporates and retail uh, companies, right? And what we realized was that predominantly the data science that they were doing was driven by internal intelligence, right? Internal data that they are capturing. Now, uh, I would have probably uh, maybe 40, 50 odd stores in a city which has at least 20,000 mom and pop stores, uh, t- uh, at least a 1,000 sh- supermarkets, right? So for uh, the in- entire idea came about from understanding external and alternate data and trying to feed that in to understand consumer behavior, right? So, if I could understand at a geography level what is the affluence of uh, the neighborhood, if I from the rental data, if I could understand at a locality level what is the footfall from mobile data pings, if I could understand what is the commercial activity from nightlight intensity from satellites, all of these data points could be modeled against the transactions that I am seeing at my locations at at my competitors to understand. Uh, first of all, where my target audience is and then to extrapolate into larger geographies to understand what is the total demand that I can expect and to prioritize uh, uh, where I should go. Right. So this is where uh, from the retail piece, we we were able to understand how consumers behave and how that consumer behavior can be tracked through external data. And then so on and so forth, we moved into the other spaces such as pharmaceutical, manufacturing, and even today we are extensively working in the BFSI space as well to understand similar problems from uh, alternate data that could be solved.
2: So in a nutshell, just to sum up uh, and just to add on top of that, uh, today our product is an AI platform that processes data from over 250 plus sources which includes mobile devices, which includes satellites, which includes post terminals, uh, which includes um, you know, radiation coming in from the land and blends all of this data together uh, through a complete automated artificial intelligence driven process to create actionable insights for every place and people so that multiple industries can take decisions on top of it.
0: Hmm. Uh, on your website, you've mentioned uh, BFSI and retail and I think uh, one or two other uh, sectors. Uh, just to capture some of that here uh, in this uh, podcast, what are some of the main sectors uh, where customers have uh, found uh, Datasutram, the AI platform, uh, very useful?
2: So in banking and finance, if I take the BFSI segment, especially, right? Today, the Indian government and a lot of the major banks, uh, even RBI has pushed for the digitization or for getting the SMEs into the banking footprint, right? Uh, especially from a loan perspective, payment, digital payment perspective. There's this entire push to get the larger segment of the merchant base or the consumers into the uh, you know digital banking ecosystem. And uh, where today we are working is we are all working with the almost all the major payments, lending, uh, banks, neo banks kind of companies to help them really understand where their customers are how to increase their customer acquisition uh you know doing underwriting in terms of uh, what is the loan appetite for them where are the delinquency trends so the entire decision making right from acquiring the customer to planning the product for the customer to um you know understanding the risks of the products giving to the customers in the banking and finance is done at our end uh, with help of our data
1: and similarly in the uh, manufacturing space we are working with pharmaceutical manufacturers even in the commodity space to understand what kind of demand they can expect at a very small granularity uh, of a locality or a pin code right and even in the from a retail perspective our products are still used by some of the largest retailers to understand exactly where to open their stores how to push their inventory and uh, mostly to understand uh, catchments, mostly to understand uh, geographies and expansion as well.
0: Hmm. Uh, I, I, I know that generally customer information is uh, confidential, but are there any uh, well-known names that you have uh, talked about uh, uh, in public uh, that you can give us examples as how they used Data Sutram? <laughs>
2: I mean, I, I mean, of course we can. So, uh, let's say, I mean, let's take a company like Swipe, right. Uh, they're a payments company or a bank like RBL or, you know, these companies are taking data, uh, you know, to take most of their strategic decision-making on customer acquisition companies like India infoline or in the lending space. So we are pre- pretty much working with some of the largest players in the, each of these verticals. Hmm.
0: Uh, You mentioned earlier uh, things like uh, uh, satellite data as well as uh, even, I think, uh, point-of-sale machines and so on. Uh, uh, Give us a few examples uh, of the kind of data uh, that you work with and uh, also uh, give us a sense of how you collect this
1: data. Yeah. So uh, the data that we are creating here is every location's DNA. Right? So every piece of land in India, which is at a hundred plus hundred meter granularity, would have a set of over sixty indicators that we provide as that location's consumer behavior and DNA. Right. So uh, in terms of the data, if I have to talk about, we have like Rajat mentioned over two hundred fifty plus data sources, which cover things like us. Uh, Partnerships with European Space Agency, satellites, uh, partnership with a lot of these mobile ad tech companies, SDK providers, to understand exactly where consumers are moving, where the things are coming from, and uh, as well with all these payment companies to understand what kind of transactions are happening in which geographies. So our engine is uh, integrated with all of these partners and their data gets fed in on a day-to-day basis on top of which all our ML models, all our AI models, are used to convert these broad external data points into indicators which uh, capture the behavior of that uh, by granular catchment. right? So that's how most of the data gets fed in and processed to uh, be used for driving insights with our customers through platforms and integrations. Mm.
0: And uh, in terms of uh, how your customers access uh, your platform, uh, uh, would it be on the cloud and they they pay a subscription fee? Uh, Is that how it works?
2: Yes. So you must be knowing about the SaaS uh, bloom that's happening, like the software as a solution, where it's a cloud-based monthly subscription. Uh, We are kind of riding on that, but just a slight deviation. We call ourselves a DAS company, data as a service. So for us, it's a cloud-based subscription to our data, come into a platform, log in, pay for the APIs and fetch the data and integrate it. It's a very simple uh, web-based platform and that's how you access it.
0: Hmm. If you uh, take a step back and look at uh, your industry and also the developments in uh, the fields uh, in which you are specializing, uh, can you give us a sense of uh, some of the most interesting and uh, important uh, advances uh, in the way people are working with data today?
2: Uh, absolutely. I think, uh, so if you look at it, 2016, this is the time, the market that we are in currently started in the Western hemisphere, especially in the U S uh, today it's a five year, six year old market that has come up in the U S uh, with the companies working in there, reaching a kind of the, you know, billion dollar valuations, the series CDs kind of stages, uh, India started off pretty late into the escape, uh, in especially in around 2019, 20, which is usually a trend around three and a half years after the market started. And today it's a very early stage market, uh, with, uh, not many players here. We're one of the first early movers in the area. Uh, so yes, when we started, it was kind of a new, uh, a new market, difficult to make come people understand what we're doing, but now the adoption is increasing. And especially if you look back three, uh, I mean, three months or four months back, uh, I remember the, the Indian government recently opened up the entire geospatial policy, removing all restrictions, allowing Indian companies to map uh, data up to a huge, huge granularity. And that really was a big move for companies like us in this space where uh, you know the Indian government realizing the importance uh, of geospatial data, of open data, and allowing the Indian companies to map that. Uh, there have been some very interesting um, Movements happening on the data space with governments regulation uh giving regulations to map it. And especially uh, you know, one of the areas where we come in, especially after the entire uh, a GDPR uh coming in, data security and privacy has been also one of the core segments. And for data companies for like us, it's very important to be complying to them, to be uh going by them. And today. None of the data that we use have any kind of PII personal information. Completely uh, focused on to uh, location or regions uh, that that allows that individual data is protected. So in terms of the market, there is a good uh, mix in terms of uh, development. Uh, in fact, data as a service is the one of the fastest growing markets in the world. It's growing almost at a thirty nine percent CAGR. And um, in in terms of uh, privacy, security, and uh, policies, uh, there are uh, updations and upgradations happening just like I mentioned and it's pretty exciting in terms of where we move forward and how we can really democratize data so that people can really leverage it and at the same time uh, you know security is also not compromised
1: and I think just to add on to that uh, like if you look at COVID uh, it itself had a huge role to play in this entire boom as well Right uh, in the Indian context, uh, companies were primarily driven by uh, with in terms of on-ground intelligence. It was primarily driven by people. Right with COVID into effect, lockdowns into effect. I think uh, companies and enterprises really started appreciating what uh, companies like ours were have been trying to do for all these years. Right, so they uh, I think it was a great uh, forum for us to exercise and show exactly what location intelligence and data driven technology and analytics can do for companies in their growth growth curve so i think yeah all all in all i think it's been very exciting uh, unfortunate for a lot of people in terms of the covid but i think it's it's been a good forum for us to display some of our technologies with a lot of these companies for the first time
0: I mean these days of course there is a lot of interest uh, in uh, uh, AI uh, technologies and related technologies uh, can you uh, give us one or two uh, examples to
1: illustrate
0: how uh, you are using uh, AI in your platform
1: so uh, just I, the entire platform if you look at it right uh, the entire data that has is being fed in it's uh, in terms of if you look just look at the data in its rawest form it's something that is not usable and that's the first thing that we realized as an external data company that you cannot buy and sell data what you do what the the true intelligence that goes behind it is what we do with that data in terms of cleaning it structuring it blending it to actually convert it into something that can be readily used by any business or an enterprise as an insight right so if i look at something like an affluence. It's a computed uh, model parameter that takes in information from mobile devices, from rental data, from uh, the type of buildings that are in, right? So the entire blending AI engine that we have developed, which sits on top of everything else, uh, which is pulling in all the external data and converting into these indicators is purely AI driven. And each of these models, is what is capable of delivering the insights to our customers right so our entire business is a deep tech business where ai sits at the middle of it
2: uh, in fact uh, you know if you if you look at data from the indian perspective uh, especially in a country with such great vernacular uh, richness right we have almost all records are available in different vernacular local languages across uh, India. And when we work with data, which is in form of image, text, uh, scripts, PDFs, in multiple forms, uh, where our AI really comes in is, is in creating that interpretation and transforming it into an usable, actionable data. Uh, simple things like duplicacies removals to string matchings to uh even as simple as predicting whether it's a fraudulent data or not is something that today is an ai driven process in our platform
0: okay uh, I meant to ask uh, earlier um uh, what was the first uh, uh the minimum viable uh product that you came out with and uh, what has it evolved into today
2: so when we started working uh The first, uh, you know, the MVP which we had created was a platform uh, where you can just sign up and uh, open an area and understand uh, who, what is the footfall, what is the income, the spend, the micro market variables, which can talk about how the place is and, you know, we used to work with the retail companies, helping them understand where to open their next stores. Uh, That was the first uh, product actually that we have created. Uh, as we started working with it and exploring other use cases with what we had created, we understood that you know uh, sometimes you need to take a back seat and uh, shy away from you building final end uh, application user interfaces and rather we shifted to a complete API SDK based approach where we became more of a data company rather than a complete software company. And I think that was one of the greatest transformations that we have undergone till now.
0: Mm, that- seems like an interesting pivot. I mean, can you explain that a little bit more? I mean, originally, you wanted to build a software application. What kind of a software application? Uh, and uh, what got you to shift towards becoming what you call as a data company?
2: Uh, so you know when you when you are young, I mean in your college and you're building applications, the first thing is technology enthusiasts we thought of was you know final user interfaces which people can really use. when you're building product companies, we want to build for us products are almost things that people can use. And that's when we built up actually applications where it was more like a, a smart Google maps where companies could come in and say, search where should my next store be and what is the profit I should make out of that store. Right. And then my platform would just, uh, you know, throw up those searches in return saying that this is the area, this is, these are the records of businesses here. This is the amount of profit you can generate based on the people. Now, when we build a company and when you, uh, you know, gradually grow forward into the next step, you have to under, you have to often ask yourself that, hey, how big is this market? And uh, then we realized that what we had created as an external data, as an alternate data company, as in terms of the data richness, our data could have application into any industry and, you know, tomorrow new companies could be, be built out of those same kind of data points. So restricting ourselves as a platform would mean that only certain type of users would have access. Uh, to the data that we have today created or today we have, uh, have in our platform. And as a result, we took a step back and realized that, hey, if we today create APIs or SDKs through which our data could be experienced, then businesses, enterprises who are using maybe other applications, either a SAP or a Power BI or any kind of business intelligence tools can readily integrate our data points into their CRMs, into their LMSs and use the data. And that broadens the market. So as a result, you know that was one of the major decision points why we shifted away and took a step back and became a data company.
0: Okay. Uh, you've raised, I guess, some preceded uh, level of funding from 100x and some angel investors. Uh, what are your next big priorities?
2: So we have actually raised uh, two rounds of funding and we just closed another So we are at our seed stage now. We are looking to raise another uh, Series A kind of around. We are in talks for that uh, in terms of funding. But our priority from a company perspective today is really to build this out as a data company out of India, catering to multiple verticals. Banking and finance was one of the early adopters and that's going to be our focus for the next one year. So our one year plan is to uh, kind of become the we're catering to the entire financial ecosystem in India. And our three-year vision is to build verticals on top of it, like manufacturing, like retail, and also to scale to areas like Southeast Asia, Middle East, uh, Northeastern Africa, especially because these markets are going to be the next to rise in the data. And having an experienced um, you know, system built out of India is going to be uh, comparatively a, a edge for us to go into these markets and tap onto it dream for all three of us is to build a deep tech company out of India that caters to the world.
0: Excellent. Uh, truly interesting, uh, Rajit and Isaac, uh, to learn about your data as a service uh, deep tech venture. In the interest of time, we'll have to leave this conversation here. Thank you so much again for making time for this and uh, I hope to keep the conversation going.
1: Absolutely.
2: Thanks a lot, Hari, for having us. Thanks, Harry. It's a pleasure talking to you.
0: That was Rajit Bhattacharya and Isaac Paul. That's it for this briefing. You can find all our podcasts on ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Thank you for listening.